Hi, this is Netta. So I've never been a science person. Uh, Growing up, I never really enjoyed science. I always thought I sort of used the other side of my brain a little bit better. I think the only science I truly like got into was in high school when we did a unit on genetics, thinking like it was so fun to figure out why so-and-so may have those color eyes or, you know, what characteristics the next generation may have, etc. And when we homeschooled our kids in Detroit, our girls were in middle school and high school and thank God for friends, Anthony, Aaron, and Mo, who tutored our girls in science because I could not do that. (laughs) But um, a couple of years ago, I had the joy of working at the elementary school where Chase, our son, was attending. I actually was hired to assist a sweet sixth grade girl who had cerebral palsy and was in a, a wheelchair. She was amazing and super smart, but could only move like her arms and just a couple of fingers. So I had the privilege of going with her to all of her classes, etc. And bless his heart, Chase was just so awesome. I literally sat through all of his classes with him as well, Um, but he was cool with it. I had a great time, but interestingly enough, I had a wonderful connection with their science teacher, who is an awesome lady. Shout out to you, Lisa. And one of the first units that we studied that year was about rocks. And I was thinking, oh, good grief, because I just don't really enjoy science. But I found it all very interesting. Now, I'm sure I studied it as a child. I'm sure I studied it in high school. And I was probably part of it for my girls' um, training, too, in homeschooling earlier on. But for whatever reason, this last couple of years that I was studying with a student, I got kind of a new understanding and a new appreciation of rocks and formations and how they have all the layers and how erosion forms things and stuff. And I kind of had a new admiration for rocks. Then this last summer, Chili and I were with our family in Colorado and we spent a little bit of time in the Rocky Mountains. Now that's where I grew up, not the mountains, but really, really close to it. So we would you know, take an afternoon sometimes and just spend a couple of hours up in a cute little town in the Rockies. And on the way up to that town, or any one of many towns, you're literally driving next to a river and on either side of you are just these walls of rocks that are huge mountains. I mean, they're aptly named for sure. And you can see all the layers. Now, growing up, I didn't really have that much of an appreciation for it. I mean, I thought they were cool, but Last summer, when we're driving through, I looked at it differently. It was also really fun because our sons and our son-in-law had never seen the Rockies, and our daughters didn't really remember. So it was kind of seeing it for the first time through all of their eyes as well. But I had this new admiration for the layers and for all the things that those rocks go through and the things that they weather and... I I just found it beautiful and fascinating in a way that I never had before. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus is our rock. In 1 Peter chapter 2, which was written by Peter, that's an easy one to know. uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us, I'm reading it out of an actual paper Bible. (gasps) What? People still read paper Bibles? Yes. (laughs) I actually love reading out of a paper Bible. Uh, Verse 4. 
it says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but was chosen by God for great honor. All right, so it says that he is the living cornerstone of God's temple. Now, God dwells in us now if we are Christians and have dedicated our lives to him. But Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, like the main thing that holds us. We'll come back to that in a minute. Also, in 1 Corinthians 10.4, which was written by Paul to the church in Corinth, it says, and it's referring to the Old Testament story where Moses was leading the people of Israel through the wilderness into the promised land, you know, after they had left Egypt and were no longer slaves. It said, all of them drank the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Now, if you're not that familiar with the Bible, I mean, Jesus Christ is all throughout the Bible. He's not just a New Testament thing. Um, The book of John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. He's always been here. Okay, so that's another podcast for another time. But another scripture... In Psalm 18, Psalm is kind of in the middle of your Bible. Not all of them were written by King David, but this particular one is. Uh, Chapter 18, I'm starting at the beginning. It says, I love you, Lord, for you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. Okay, so let's back it up. The first one we read said he is the cornerstone or our foundation. All of Christianity is built on Jesus. From the very beginning, it was all about God having this relationship with the humans that he created, which is why he created us. And when sin entered the picture, thank you to humans in the garden, then God immediately put into play a plan redeem us and to bring us back into that close relationship the foundation of all of Christianity is knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him now you may have already accepted Jesus as your savior probably most of you have but some of you may not have so immediately we need to go "Mm, do I have a relationship with Jesus and if not I need to talk to him about it Jesus I want that relationship Forgive me of my sins. But if we have already given our lives to Jesus and we're serving him, have we lost the focus of him being the foundation of it all? Christianity can seem busy. It can seem full of rituals. It can seem demanding, particularly if you're really involved in your local church ministry. It can begin to feel like a doing instead of a being but we want to be in that relationship with Jesus. How much more wonderful our Christmas will be if we are in a relationship with Jesus, a close one, one where we spend time together, one where we listen to his word, not just some foofy worship music on the way to work every day, but like really think about him and talk to him throughout our entire day. And we give him one-on-one time every single day where we listen and we talk to him 
and we read the Bible. The next scripture we read from 1 Corinthians said he was our rock, like they got water from the rock. Now, if you don't know that story, go back and read in the Old Testament where Moses, first God tells him to talk to a rock and water comes out and nourishes them in the desert. Um, Well, actually, the first time he told him to hit it. And then the second time he told him to talk to the rock. Poor Moses, he hit it both times. But um, it's a nourishment. Jesus is our nourishment. He's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. We all know that, like, feeling of Christmas when we were kids. You know, if we had a childhood where Christmas was exciting, we know that, like, Christmas feeling. I'm in the Christmas spirit. And it's definitely a feeling. But when we truly are getting our nourishment, our mental, spiritual, emotional strength from Jesus... It changes the way we approach Christmas. We may or may not have the warm, fuzzy feelings, but we definitely grow a grateful heart and we walk in a purpose and a joy regardless of what is happening. We might not have a warm, fuzzy feeling, but we are continually being nourished. And then, I'm guessing most of us are moms listening to this, we have what we need to nourish our families to care for them, to love them, to walk with them and grow with them through the Christmas season. And the third thing was that he is our rock from um, Psalm 18. Our fa- it says our fortress and our protection. So it kind of goes back first when I say fortress. Um, when I was in, well, just graduated from high school, the first time I went to England and I got to see the cliffs of Dover as we flew over that. I mean, just straight up cliffs. And of course, me being who I am, then as soon as I saw Princess Bride the next year, it came out the next year, I'm kind of old. <laughs> um, and they were climbing up the cliffs of insanity. And then I picture, when I picture the word fortress and Jesus is a rock, I picture this huge straight up cliff that is so hard for anyone to get up and that God is that huge massive cliff and he just reaches down to me on the beach, floundering around in the water, and scoops me up to the top of that massive, straight up cliff. And I'm safe, safe from enemies, I'm safe from drowning, and the things that are making me feel like I'm drowning. If you again have not asked Jesus into your heart to be in relationship and be in control of your life, do that. What an amazing Christmas this will be if you have Jesus as a center and fortress of your life. It also says that he is our rock and our protection in Psalm 18. He's that place to run to. You know how they'll show pictures on the Nature Channel or books even of those like really tall, skinny little peak mountain thingies and there'll be an eagle's nest at the top and like no other creature could possibly make it up that little mountain thing. Are you picturing that with me? I often picture Jesus being that as my protection. And I don't usually need a lot of physical protection. I'm not in a battle or whatever, although he certainly has proven to be that. Um, Our daughter Zoe was in a car accident yesterday, and wow, protection. It could have been so much worse, and he cared for her. But also, he protects our minds and our thoughts. It's like being up on that little rock. But friends, he doesn't just magically do that. He says that his word and his spirit, those are the things that do that. I say it every podcast, but 
are you reading the Bible? If we are not actively listening to what Jesus has already said to us in the Word of God, how can we possibly think that our attitudes and our thoughts are going to be protected? We know that sometimes it takes one word or one tiny thought or even a commercial and it can send us down a long road of bad thoughts. Oh my goodness. Climb up to that rock and that fortress and let him guide your thoughts. Be alone with him every day. Start out small. It's okay if it's only a few minutes, but give him your full attention. And that time with him will grow because it gets very addicting. So my friends, Jesus is the rock. Our fortress, our cornerstone, our foundation, our nourishment. Thank you, Jesus, for being our rock. And that's just a little piece of my heart.